The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Primal Body, Primal Mind. Your host, Nora Gedgaudis, is here to take you on a fun-filled and informational journey through the mind and your body with a focus on neurofeedback and healthy nutrition and what it can do for you, your family, and friends. Now, here's your host, Nora Gedgaudis. Well, good morning to all of you out there, and welcome back to the show. I am indeed your host, Nora Gedgaudis, and I'm here to bring you yet another fun and information-filled hour about your primal selves. <laughs> Well, folks, today's topic is just a little bit of a first on this show. We're venturing today into the realm of primal fitness. Now, those of you that have read my book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, you know that this is a topic I cover briefly uh, but passionately in the book. And, and as we all know, eating well is not necessarily enough. We also have to move well, and, and we have to use our bodies to be fully healthy and, and fully alive. Now uh, the um, you know the self-help guru Tony Robbins, who some of you know about, uh, you know says that emotion is created by motion. Now no matter what you think of his infomercials, he's right about that. We feel things because of the way we move or hold our bodies. So you know let's start out though by looking at things primally. What did our ancestors do for quote unquote exercise? Now, there's no question that, that in some respects, their lives were a lot more physical than ours are today, but they didn't use special shoes, and they didn't have gym memberships. They also didn't waste a lot of uh, precious energy, uh, you know, every day doing things that they didn't have to. In fact, a hunter-gatherer workday probably wasn't more than about three hours long by some calculated estimates. In other words, you know, you hunt, you gather, and you're done. Well... But it's clear that the physiques of hunter-gatherers were far better honed on average than the physiques of all but the most elite athletes are today. Well, how can that be? Well, all dietary issues put aside for now. Consider that our bodies aren't really stimulated to actually improve unless they're asked to do something they can't already do. It's in those those brief bursts of peak effort that achieve real gains in strength and muscular development. Now, enhanced muscle growth is essentially stimulated by, by growth hormone during moments of peak exertion, right? So the development of muscle tissue enhances the activity of something called mitochondria. Those are our body's little fat-burning factories, folks. And, yes, our muscles do run on fat most of the time. But the briefer and more intense the exertion... The more the body is encouraged to store glucose as glycogen, um, and you know, storing glucose as glycogen instead of body fat, and and then use fat freely for fuel at other times the rest of the day, and use that glucose in that peak effort, uh, because again, glucose is our turbocharged fuel. It's what we use 
at peak exertion or in an emergency, right? So in this way, then, you basically, you become a lean, mean, fat-burning machine. In fact, I think I mentioned this in my book. There was a scientific study done by uh, Laval University that proved that short, intense workouts burn up to nine times more body fat than traditional, you know, plot along on the uh, treadmill aerobic training. But it's resistance exercise, moving our muscles in a challenging way against gravity. That that's what reverses the re, you know what they call the reduction in muscle fiber size that accompanies aging and inactivity, and can actually increase insulin sensitivity. And in other words, what they're talking about is weight training. But what about our heart and lungs in this? You know, um, Dr. Al Sears, who I talk about a bit in my book, you know, he points out that increased lung capacity more than any other single physical factor is tantamount to greater longevity. Of course, our lungs oxygenate our bodies and allow metabolic processes to take place. So, um, um, so typical weight training regimens don't really do that much for the heart and lungs. Um, you know, it's all about muscle building. And most weight training typically involves careful movements in a very limited range of motion. Then there's the question, of course, about cortisol and overdoing it. Do we really want to push it on a treadmill after lifting weights for an hour? Um, and that's a whole other, whole other subject matter. And I cover that a lot in, in, in my book. But, but again, what did our ancestors do? Well, they hunted for survival, and they were hunted. They either had to chase what they wanted to eat or run away from what wanted to eat them. Uh, they also needed the physical strength to get things done, and they did enormous varieties of things day-to-day toward that end, um, things their very survival depended on. They carried animals that they killed after a hunt. They lifted rocks. They carried heavy loads when they had to. They climbed. They walked. They crawled. <laughs> you know, They used their muscles in a full range of natural motion. They chopped. They swung things. They threw heavy spears. They carried heavy skins filled with water back to camp, firewood. You know, whatever. But it was all within the context of either slow or ballistic movements done in a natural range of motion, using the body as a whole instead of just like a simple collection of isolated body parts, like most weight training routines are done in most gyms. So how do we replicate that nowadays? How do we recreate these physical challenges in a way that's not overly routine, but that forces our bodies to adapt to the unexpected? Well, I might just have the Holy Grail for you here today. Years ago, um, back in Minnesota, I took some strength training seminars and classes from someone named Pavel Satsalin. He was a fitness expert who himself had been uh, a trainer for the Soviet uh, Special Forces. He spoke about something called kettlebell training and insisted that this was the ultimate in total body conditioning. But I never got a chance to actually try it. Um, you know, back then, I, I was really intrigued, but I really didn't have access to instruction or any kettlebells, so the whole thing kind of rested on a back burner uh, and niggled at the back of my head for years until just a few months ago when an actual kettlebell gym opened up not too far from my home, and I pretty much ran <laughs> down there to check it out and completely fell in love with it. In my mind, they're just can be no question that this form of exercise has to be the single most comprehensive approach to fitness training ever devised. Now, some of you are asking, what is a kettlebell? Because it sounds almost like a silly word, kettlebell. People thinking, cowbell, what, what is this thing? 
kettlebell basically it's a cast iron ball with a with a handle fused onto it um and kettlebell training you know uses a full range of natural motion that you know with with varying weight kettlebells they come in all sizes and the movements are either slow and controlled or they're ballistic in nature um depending on the exercise but also no two kettlebell workouts are necessarily the same and and the workout consists of intervals, brief bouts of intensity, usually 30 seconds to a minute in length, followed by these bouts of rest and recovery. It's really fun. It's natural. It's decidedly challenging. And it's incredibly effective. I've seen incredible changes in my body over the last few months, and I owe it all to our guest today. <laughs> well, Michael Skog is a coach and a trainer that has worked in the fit- fitness industry for over 15 years. He's owned and operated a very successful rehabilitation and conditioning center that's focused on sports-related injuries. And he also owns and operates the Elite Kettlebell Gym here in Portland, Oregon. Now, Michael is also a former Navy SEAL um, and uh, did kettlebell training uh, uh, as part of the Special Forces while stationed in the U.K. And and, um, I happen to know firsthand that Michael walks his talk. Michael Skog has a physical build and a fitness level of a gladiator, and he got this way using mainly one form of exercise, kettlebell training. It is my honor and very personal pleasure to invite our guest, my coach and my friend, Michael Skog, to this show. Welcome, Michael. Oh, thank you. Good morning. Oh, good morning to you. I so appreciate you taking the time to be here today. And um, We have a just a few minutes before our first break, but I wanted to get you introduced, and I kind of wanted to go back a bit and and talk about um, first the origins of kettlebell training. Now, from what I understand, it would greatly disappoint our Russian friend Pavel Tsatsalin to hear that this did not originate in Russia, in fact, but rather in Scotland, the Scottish Highlands. Um, in fact, as I understand it, this is where you first learned about kettlebell training about 30 years ago, right? That is correct. Yeah, take us take us back to that. What do you know about that? Um, well, I know that it um, was was certainly a part of the training regimen for the the Highland Games. They used to throw this thing and they called it throwing the pud. Yeah. Um, pud was a form of measurement. Um, definitely a Soviet form. Um, but there's, and the jury's not out on this either. Um, there's also talk that the kettlebell was actually used for um, a curling object. Oh. In the sport of curling. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, yeah, I know those, those Scots like to throw heavy things around. <laughs> they may wear skirts, but nobody <laughs> dares to bother them about that. Right. Yeah. So how did this form of training evolve with you? When did it become serious? Well, um, I was in the military. I was young. Um, I was living in Scotland. I had a neighbor who was was a Highland Games competitor, and I used to watch him daily uh, throw this kettlebell around out in the field. And my curiosity just got the best of me. And I approached him and and asked if this was the kind of training that uh, was for me, even though I, the Highland Games was not my focus. Yeah. And um, I soon realized that there was n- there was just nothing better out there to prepare me for real-world fitness than swinging a kettlebell. 
Yeah, it's, you know, and, and I, I like that you said real world because, you know, you really are using your body in a very natural range of motion with this. And, you know, um, you know, when you hold just one kettlebell and, you know, you have it sort of rested kind of um, in what you call rack position kind of up on your chest, you know, you're, you're sort of lopsided with it. And you're thinking, well, that isn't very balanced. Usually, you, know, you go to a gym and you lift up barbells, and and it's all very even and balanced, and you know it feels, you know, it feels more comfortable. But when you're doing real life stuff, it doesn't necessarily feel comfortable. You lift things, and you know, they're things are oddly shaped, and they're, you know, the weight is distributed funny, and um, and you need to be able to, uh, you know, you know, to counter that with with your core strength and uh, and all your balancing and stabilizing muscles and that sort of a thing and, and kettlebell training really seems to uh, really seems to to do that in um, in an incredibly effective way wouldn't it be uh, wouldn't it be nice if everything in life had a handle on it or was linear <laughs> or balanced well that's true yeah. of course the kettlebell does have a handle well, on it yeah. I guess it does well before I start asking more questions about this, I, uh, we have to go to our first commercial break. So um, everybody stick around because we have a lot more to come today with Michael Skog talking to us today about primal fitness and kettlebell training. I'm your host, Nora Gadgaudis, and we will be back in just a minute. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. NBC science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. Unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. 
Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Oh, welcome back, everybody. I'm here today with fitness trainer, former Navy SEAL, and kettlebell expert and trainer extraordinaire, Michael Skog. And uh, we're talking all about kettlebell training. And um, so, Michael, you were telling us about uh, the the kettlebell training that you did in the service. And, um, of course, you were first telling us about the way you watched your neighbor who had been preparing for something called the Highland Games, which um, I'm wondering if you could maybe uh, explain a little bit to our audience what that is. And then, um, yeah, uh, I'm interested in knowing... Uh, more about uh, what you did with kettlebell training in the service. Okay. Um, well, the Highland Games is a um, it's a, a group of events that are um, strength based, um, but there's there's certainly um, technique ridden as well. Um, and it's boy anything from throwing a caber, which is a long twenty foot pole, um, tossing it end over ends to carrying rocks. Throwing rocks, um, they throw the hammer, which is basically a uh, kettlebell with a chain on the end of it. Um, they do grappling. Anything you can imagine that requires a feat of strength against an opponent is uh, is performed in the Highland Games. Yeah, that's that, actually another good point to make because you know a lot of people confuse bodybuilding with strength training, right? <laughs> Right. And they don't necessarily have much of anything to do with each other. No, they don't. Um, I I would call I would call kettlebell training body developing. Right? Yeah. Bodybuilding. Bodybuilding just has a kind of a negative connotation that may that that's unless you happen to be a bodybuilder. Yes. <laughs> it's not cool anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it makes for pretty looking muscles, but it doesn't necessarily make for full body functionality. It doesn't mean those muscles know how to work efficiently together. That's, that's right. Um, and, and oftentimes people go about their, uh, their strength training working from the outside in, um, striving for muscles that look really good and perform well in isolation, but uh, they lack the simple balance and coordination benefit that you get out of swinging a kettlebell that's right i mean muscles don't work um in in nature in isolation they we we work together there's there's that whole thing you know reciprocal innervation and, and um um and you know the way that muscle fibers basically will recruit from all over the body to even work perhaps in isolated area but um it's it's strength training really um is about like you say, whole body development. Yes. So when you were doing kettlebell uh, training with the special forces, um, um, how how did the troops like that? Oh well, um, there were those that were that were definitely naysayers that liked to stick to just pounding out um, mile upon mile of road work or. Um, putting their time in the gym and pushing iron because that was all tried and true. And looking at something like a kettlebell, just it just didn't add up. Um, it had a, a, almost a circus appeal to it. Uh-huh. Uh, in fact, you can 
probably go back um, to some very old photographs and see the, the likes of Eugene Sandow lifting um, a kettlebell, an early form kettlebell. And mm-hmm. He has a strongman feat. So uh, it, I don't know that it held a whole lot of credence until you pick it up and yeah. start moving it around. And then you realize this is a lot more than what I anticipated. This is this is getting me my cardio, my strength, training, my uh, flexibility, yep. my my uh, explosive power, and my balance all in one shot. Yeah, yeah, it, it's pretty remarkable. Well, and that was you know you might have just answered my my next question, but I, I wanted to know what it is about kettlebell training that appeals so much to you that you know that you're pretty much devoting um all your attention to it well um, those things that i just listed are are certainly it in a nutshell but um if i were to just expound on that sure i'm i'm in my 40s and uh, my brain doesn't compute that Uh, (laughs) and i really push my body um, I play like I'm 18 years old, and I know that because of my kettlebell training, uh, my body is is developed neurologically as well as mechanically. Yeah. And I continue to move and function as one unit rather than just a grouping of parts. <laughs> right. And you know, and at the same time, you you know, you have a physique. I think a lot of bodybuilders would really envy, and that's just all natural development. Yeah. Which is kind of amazing. I mean, I don't know too, you know, how many of our listeners ever watched this. It was a recent action film called 300 that I just sort of, uh, that I saw the other day, uh, you know, a friend of mine got it on Netflix and, and I thought, oh well, I suppose I'll watch this thing. I, but I, I understand that, that the lead character, uh, Gerard Butler, who played, uh, the character King Leonidas of Sparta, uh, and maybe a few other cast members, they use kettlebell training to create an almost almost unreal-looking physiques for that movie. I mean, we're talking distractingly defined musculature. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, uh, it was. it's incredible. If you want to see what kettlebell training can do for you, you know, well, either go and take a look at some of Michael Scogg's videos or uh, go watch that movie. It's it's pretty mind-blowing. Um I also understand that this form of training, this is, you know, the form of training that Lance Armstrong uh, often uses to get into top shape, like before Tour de France and all of that. Yep, he sure does. Um, he's been he's been swinging a kettlebell for a, a, about five years. Oh, okay. Um, and find a corollary between turning a bicycle crank and swinging a kettlebell, and it's probably a, a stretch to make. Yeah. But um, because swinging a kettlebell has such a, an impact posturally. Yes. There's just no reason to believe that um, him sitting on a bicycle for hours at a time, um, he didn't receive benefit from that, and only that. Never mind the uh, the intense cardio he got out of the training, and also the full body strengthening. But um, I would I would just like to say that um, I would think posturally it helped him put in the hours on his. On his, the saddle of his bicycle. Well, the one thing that I know that kettlebell training does incredibly well is is that core training. Yes, it does. Uh, we, gosh, it, it, it's core centered. It's core driven. 
Uh, you talk about developing your abdominal muscles and your spinal erectors. Uh, this does it without even laying on the floor and doing a crunch. Um, we don't do crunches at our gym. We right. do all of our abdominal work on our feet. Yep. And that's a nice switch. And I'm telling you, you, you definitely, um, you know, you definitely get the abs off of this deal. <laughs> Um, I don't think I've ever actually had stronger abs than I do now um, um, in just the last few months here. So who who else do you know that is uh, using kettlebell training these days? I know it's been featured on The Biggest Loser um, on TV. Who is that? that Jillian, is Jillian it Michaels? Michaels, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I actually have a pretty good list here, um, an A-list of people who use kettlebells. Um, Catherine Heigl from Grey's Anatomy. That's that's her. Oh, okay. Based to her fitness and Jennifer Lopez, uh, Penelope Cruz, Claire Danes, Kim Cattrall, Kim Basinger, Jessica Biel. Those are all people that have uh, stepped forward and, and stated that uh, this was their mo. Um, Gerard Butler, you already mentioned him. Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Uh, that guy, he's a stud. He's you know, <laughs> he, he gets out there and he plays hard. He's he's a hardcore surfer, and and you know that um, surfing requires some serious all around strength, not just upper body. So that's no surprise that um, that's his method. Sylvester Stallone, he's oh. a kettlebell user. Oh, okay. Um, Gosh, B.J. Penn, he's he's a real who's who in the mixed martial arts world. Um, Ed O'Neill, he uses kettlebells. Um, there are a few teams out there, too, that that use it as part of their conditioning plan, and the San Francisco Cisco 49ers are one of them, as well as the Tennessee Titans. Oh, okay. Uh, Utah Jazz, Boston Celtics, a couple basketball teams there. Um, I uh, The Portland Lumberjacks was a professional lacrosse team here locally. Um, they have since relocated, but um, they came to me with with a need to strengthen their core. Um, they were seeing injuries, low back injuries, um, throughout a good number of their players. So I took them on as, um, as a project, also just to introduce into that arena what kettlebell training could do for them. They went on a on a six-week break, and in that six weeks, they worked with me five days a week. They went back after their break and went on a four-game winning streak and made it into the playoffs. Oh. Now, now these guys were bottom dwellers uh, <laughs> in the league um, prior to training with kettlebells, and I, I just I can't I can't sing enough praise on how much it improved their game, both their agility, their endurance. And these guys were running through their opponents. When you got hit by by one of these guys, you went down. <laughs> and that's that's really uh, all about kettlebell strength. Um, there's nothing like nothing like being solid, immovable. Yep. yep. So why do you suppose it's taken this long for something this good to catch on? Like it finally seems to be doing. Well, I have my my opinion, and um, and I'm going to share it. Okay. <laughs> I was hoping. Um, it's it's really been subcultureish until recently. So, kettlebells was almost reserved for the tough guy 
strongman world. Yeah. Um, it wasn't released to the general public as an incredible fat loss tool because it certainly is that. Yeah. Um, with it being introduced in The Biggest Loser, that certainly made that statement. Um, but the American Council on Exercise just recently did a study, an exclusive research on kettlebell training. Yeah, yeah, I was going to uh, comment on that, yeah. Oh, am I jumping ahead? No, 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 go ahead. Okay. Well, uh, they stated that uh, you burn 1,200 calories an hour doing kettlebell training. Yeah, that's that's like uh, unbelievable. That's oh. like a whole day's worth of calories in an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the only thing they could compare this to was cross-country skiing uphill at a fast pace. Right. Now, are you going to do that for an hour? If you're, if you're a, Not a superhero, you might. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, but anybody can do kettlebell training. You don't have to be a superhero. You can be eight. You can be eighty. We have, we have people in their sixties and seventies that are swinging kettlebells that have all but hung up their 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 athletic hat yep. years ago. <laughs> now they're back and they're feeling good. Yeah, well, and and we're going to be back in just a minute. We have to go. We have to go to a, a commercial break here. But hold that thought, Michael, because um, I, I definitely want to want to hear more about this, and I'm sure everybody else does too. So, you're listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. I'm Nora Gaudis. We have Michael Skog here today talking to us about kettlebell training, and we will be back in just a minute. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. NBC Science Consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended. A jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. Unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com. 
The Interstate Sportsman Talk radio show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news. Talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern, for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, welcome back to the show. And today we're actually talking about what we could call primal fitness. And we are. Uh, I have uh, with me today as my esteemed guest, Michael Skog. And Michael Skog is a former Navy SEAL, and he's an expert in kettlebell training. And um, we're talking about all of that. So, uh, you know, Michael, you know, you have, a, of course, a gym here in, in, in Portland, and I feel extremely fortunate to be living here just to have that gym. Although there are a few kettlebell gyms around the country, aren't there? There are, yes. Um, are there a lot of kettlebell bell gyms around the country? Well, um, if you were to uh, use my scale, I would say yes, there's a lot of them, but there aren't a lot if you were to compare it to, say, the 24-hour fitness or the Bally's or, or the other corporate fitness centers. Um, right. No, there aren't a lot. There, You'll probably find, oh, maybe three or four of them total in the state of California, and, and that's certainly not a lot, but as a kettlebell gym owner... I'm sure they're well attended. Yes, they are. I'll bet they are. Um, but uh, there are places like CrossFit out there who right. use kettlebells. Um, they're all about functional training, and that's certainly one of the tools in their box. Right. And but it's just it's not necessarily the CrossFit gyms aren't necessarily kettlebell gyms. It's just kettlebells are just a very small part of what they do. Exactly. Right. Now, I know your gym is totally set up for a primal workout. In other words, it's not just kettlebells that you use either, but it, it, you ropes and rings and logs and sledgehammers and sandbags and even punching bags, although the central focus is clearly uh, kettlebell training and maybe a few calisthenics uh, tossed in here and there. Yep, that's right. Uh, when you come in to work out with us, you will not touch any of those other supplemental forms of, of training until you've mastered swinging a kettlebell because that is our foundation. And we preach if you can master a kettlebell, you're not going to get injured doing anything else. Yeah. Right, because you're really only as strong as your weakest link. And so what kettlebell training effectively does is it it works all those muscle groups, including those balancing and stabilizing muscles we take for granted that don't necessarily look pretty in the mirror, <laughs> That's right. but that actually hold up those pretty muscles. Yeah. If you have an, imba- an imbalance, whether it's aesthetic or functional, kettlebells will find it, and it will correct it. Yeah. Now, um, you know, your your classes at the gym, they, they go for about an hour, um, and they're made up of essentially structured warm-ups and completely varied 
uh, interval training and or circuits and then followed by a really good bout of structured stretching at the end. So you're, you're very, you know, injury conscious and all that kind of a thing and it's extremely comprehensive. But I also happen to know firsthand, having worked with you privately, that you can easily fit what can be done with kettlebells into a 20 minute workout that works your heart, works your lungs and every freaking muscle fiber in your body. I mean, holy buckets. You can leave the gym walking funny after 20 minutes uh, and ask me how I know this and still have quite a bit to show for it. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, we pride ourselves in draining your gas tank before you leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I find that I, I, I end up with, you know, in, in some ways I feel more energized for the rest of the day. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily feel like lifting more heavy weights after I leave the gym, but... Um, my ability to handle stress and, and, uh, you know, my ability to, um, even do something it seems as, as, uh, you know, as, as slacking as, as sitting all day long, which unfortunately the, the nature of my work is such that I sit pretty much all day long. But, um, I do so in a way now where, you know, my core is, you know, it, it keeps my body um, you know, solid. My body is able to, uh, I, you know, I'm not stiff when I move around. Uh, I don't have, um, you know, severe uh, back issues and, and things that people develop who end up sitting all the time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's remarkable to me how much more energy I have after I started doing kettlebell training. And mind you, I wasn't, you know, weak, frail, and helpless uh, when you first met me either. No, you weren't. No, but you know, uh, you know, people really wouldn't want to mess with me now. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you mind your p's and q's. I do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so basically, um, pretty much anybody can go out and buy one or two kettlebells, maybe three or four for variety, and you know, you don't have to have a kettlebell gym, in other words, and you know, maybe three or four kettlebells if you want to double up on them and, and learn your basic moves, which, of course, you really want to learn properly because if you're not doing form properly, you're doing it wrong. Um, and, and do this, you know, you can do this at home and probably get twice the results of your typical workout in about half the time, I'm guessing. So the trick, though, is really getting those basics down. Yes, yes. Um, you brought up a good point, and that is... Uh learning how to do it properly get coached this is a wrecking ball yeah it will hurt you if you're not doing it proper um, there are there are plenty of people out there that that have the uh, oh the mechanical know how to figure it out but boy it's just not worth it um, it can do it it can do a number to your low back or your shoulders yep. if you're not using proper technique and this is a technique based exercise yeah you want to get a dvd or something and watch somebody doing it correctly and make sure that you have that down before you start swinging this these things around because yeah we have we have these things uh you know i i i'm just sort of mortified when i see uh videos of people at other gyms that are not kettlebell gyms you know where they just sort of have access to these things and you see the way people are using these and i find myself sort of cringing because it it just it it you could just see an injury waiting to happen. 
Yeah, it it makes me cringe as well. Yeah, and the real the sad thing is, um, if somebody does get injured using a kettlebell improperly, well, it's generally not going to be about um, poor technique. It's going to be about the kettlebell. Yeah, and kettlebell is going to get a bad rap. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So we want to make this look good, folks. That's right. Um, now you mentioned a little bit. Ago, you know that American Council on Exercise did that recent uh, study, and it was—I want to point out—it was funded entirely by them, and, and, and not, you know, incidentally, by the kettlebell industry. So, and, and they got some really, you know, impressive results, like you talked about, burning 1,200 calories an hour. Um, there, there was an article about it that was published in this January-February's edition of the American Council on Exercise Fitness Matters Journal. Um, I have a few passages carved out of it to read to you all it, sort of briefly here. Um, and it said, you know, to analyze the energy cost and exercise intensity of kettlebell workouts, ACE, ACE, American Council on Exercise, enlisted the help of research experts at the University of Wisconsin, lacrosse exercise and health program. Uh, the team, which was led by Do- uh, John Percari, Ph.D., and Chad Schnettler, M.S., recru- recruited volunteers male and female, ages uh, 29 to 46 years, all of whom were experienced in uh, kettlebell training to begin with, um, which impresses me, actually. Sometimes you see faster results with people that, you know, where it's new to them. And uh, during the 20-minute workout, average calorie burn was 272 calories, not counting additional calorie burn due to the substantial anaerobic effort, because, of course, once you've... Uh, you've made a, put out peak effort, your body is burning a much higher rate of metabolism for the rest of the day. Um, they said, we estimated oxygen consumption and how many calories they were burning aerobically, and it was 13.6 calories per minute, but we also measured blood lactate. So anaerobically, they were burning another 6.6 calories per minute, explains Porcari. So they were burning at least 20.2 calories per minute, which is off the charts. Yeah. Uh, that's equivalent to running a six-minute mile pace. The only other thing I could find that burns that many calories is burning uh, is cross-country skiing uphill at a fast pace, as you said before. And uh, the bottom line uh, in this article, they said, uh, kettlebells can provide one heck of a workout based on comparisons with data from previous research on standard weight training, the heart rate and VO2 responses, um, volume of oxygen, uh, during the kettlebell snatch routine suggests it provides a much higher intensity workout than standard weight training routines. Furthermore, the kettlebell snatch workout easily meets industry recommendations for improving aerobic capacity. Quote, this is good news for people who are looking for a very good resistance training workout that will also help them lose weight, says Schnettler. For people who might not have a lot of time and need to get in good workout, in a good workout as quickly as possible, Kettlebells definitely provide that, which was high praise indeed. They weren't trying to sell anything there. No. Uh, they were just reporting results that obviously had them pretty well uh, blown away. So um, I tell you, we're just a uh, short bit out here from a break. Why don't we go to that break so we have a little bit extra time when we come back and uh, we'll finish up here talking about kettlebell training with Michael Skog of Elite Kettlebell Gym here in Portland, Oregon. And uh, you're listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. I'm Norgit Gaudis, and don't go away. We're going to be right back. 
Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. NBC science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. Best. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, welcome back to the show again. And I've still got Michael Skog here. We're very fortunate to have him with us today. And we're talking about primal fitness within the context of something called kettlebell training, uh, something I'm a huge fan of um, these days. Now, Michael, uh, kettlebell training isn't just for elite athletes, um, but it can really benefit almost anyone at any age, at any level of fitness. Isn't that right? That I mean, is in fact, right. we have an older gentleman who's gotten into some pretty impressive shape at the gym. Oh, yes, that's, that's Marty. Marty's 72 years old, yeah. and he is a stud. Yeah, he sure is. Yeah. <laughs> that guy yeah, you've is. worked out with him, have you not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he's pretty impressive. And, you know, you see older women there and... And you see, you know, young, um, you know, younger women there, and that's the other thing too that's impressed me, and that I'm really glad to see are all of the women I, that I see doing this. I mean, it isn't just some ultra macho workout, you know, limited to sort of muscle heads and bodybuilders. Right. And honestly, that's been our biggest challenge. Yeah. Is to make kettlebell training appealing to women. Right. Um, well, you've got the pink kettlebells up at the front of the room. <laughs> Did that work? Yeah, they look really pretty on you, too. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. But, yeah, you know, I, I actually, you know, we I would say our classes are pretty close to half and half now. Yes, they are. You know, uh, women and women and men. And uh, that's, you know, um, that's a really great thing. Yeah. Now, and, and they're pretty, too. This isn't just uh, stump-pulling women from from the Ukraine. Right. These well, these are feminine women. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I like to think so. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, what about, too, you know, people with uh, health issues or maybe physical injuries or impairments? Now, you and I have a mutual friend who recently underwent some pretty serious ankle surgery. Um, I know you know who I'm talking about, who, who found that working out with kettlebells helped her recover from that surgery in, like, record time. It was pretty unbelievable how well she responded to the surgery. For starters, she was in great shape going into uh, the surgery, and she bounced back out of that in just an unbelievably short time. Plus, you know, it's mostly um, a low-impact form of training. So she was able to do that within a couple uh, within less than a couple of weeks after the surgery, and I know she absolutely loves it. Yeah. Now, I've rehabbed many injuries using kettlebells. In fact, I've rehabbed many of my own Yeah. and, uh, and have done it in short order. Um, going into surgery, being fit or in shape, even in the area or the region that you're injured, it certainly plays a big part in, in your recovery time. Yeah, no lie. Yeah, so that's the other thing. You know, for people who have bad joints and things like that, um, this is for the most part an extremely pretty low-impact workout despite its tremendous intensity, which seems, uh, you know, a little confusing to say, but it's, it's, it's really true. Yes, it is. Uh, the movement patterns are so organic. Uh, the body just recognizes them as the right way to move. Yep. And now you add resistance to it, and you're going to do nothing but get stronger and healthier. Right. Right. Now, you're going to actually be uh, training a well-known cancer survivor for a Discovery Channel special that's, uh, I think, taking you to Mount Kilimanjaro next year, right? Yeah, that is that is the hope. Um, this is this is a project that uh, we're is still unraveling. It's taken it's actually taken a back burner now to another another media push that we're involved in, but it's still simmering. Um, who was this guy? Who is this uh, cancer survivor? Uh, his name is Sean Swarner. Oh, okay. And um he's he's an amazing individual. Um he has climbed seven of the tallest peaks in the world. Um and he is in his his early thirties. And he is quite a champion for cancer survivors. Okay. So, um, so now he's going to learn how to do it right with kettlebell training, eh? And why not, right? Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, I know you're in the process of creating some really great um, kettlebell workout DVDs, which unfortunately aren't yet available, but everybody should be watching for these, right? Yes, yes. Um, there's still, that's, I'm still keeping the lid on those, except for those in my, in my, Tight circle, right? But uh, that is something that's coming. Um, yeah. very, very exciting stuff. Because yeah. I mean, I think you're one of the best coaches I've ever had for anything. Uh, oh, you're you. great at explaining this stuff and and uh, demonstrating it. And I appreciate too that you don't take that excessively, you know, macho point of view with it. Um, you know, but you make it accessible. I think to pretty much anybody that would, you know, um, that you would work with. Right. Um, you know, maybe it was through a, a bit of personal reinvention of myself, but I, I certainly have a nurturing nature, and uh, and it shows in my in my coaching. Yes. Yeah, it sure as heck does, and and in the people that you train, you know, um, you seem to really select really well for for people, uh, um, you know, teaching your classes. 
because it's not just you teaching all the classes. You have other uh, other staff members that um, also do just a, a really incredible job. And yeah. uh, um, if I wasn't, you know, one of them is actually a, a, a ski champion, right? Yes, uh, she sure is. Um, actually, we have a lot of talent in our in our coaching staff. They're all exceptional athletes um, in their game, and uh, we have a young lady. Erin Resco, she was ranked number six in the world in uh, women's uh, slalom. So she is, well, if you were to take a look at her, you'd know. Yeah, I know. She's She's deceptively nice, and you hurt for days after her workout. (laughs) That's good news. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, she seems so sweet. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Who knew? Yeah. So, um, and I know you've also got a thing with uh, the Weeder organization that uh, you're kind of a spokesperson for there. They have a modular kettlebell product. I think it's if you go to getpowerbell.com, you can see if you want to see what Michael Scogg looks like and what kettlebell bodies look like, go to and just take a look at their little their just their little TV ad video. Even if you don't buy the product and aren't interested in buying the product, just go watch the video. It's pretty mind blowing. Um, and then you'll all know what, what it is I'm talking about. Um, so where can people go to learn more about this? Well, um, I would certainly send you to uh, dragondoor.com. Um, you mentioned Pavel Satsuin earlier in the, uh, in the show. Um, he, he really brought kettlebell training across the water to America. Um, he has focused on a real small... Uh, group in the nation, and um, maybe that's not the best approach, but that's his approach. Um, but I would certainly send you his way, and he has a book called Enter the Kettlebell. It's a very good read. If you don't have access to um, a coach or a certification, that is the book to read. Um, pick it apart and um, certainly, certainly put in your time That'll, you could probably train yourself if if you have a good, solid base on body mechanics with just yeah, that. Yeah, I think he has a couple of DVDs too, but you know, you'll want to save a, a, definitely some of your uh, DVD money for Michael's when they come out because I'm telling you guys that you know, this Michael's going to do it upright. Um, now you have two kettlebell gyms here in Portland, right? Well, there's one in Tigard. And then there's a very new, very swanky one, I have to say. It's absolutely gorgeous, and it's in the Pearl District here downtown. Yes, it is nice. It's almost a Gucci gym, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it would be, except there are a lot of kettlebells <laughs> in there. Um, but it's really nice. It's Well, it's a classy kettlebell gym owned by a very classy guy. Yes, well, thank you. Yes. So, um, well, I, I have to tell you, Michael, just how much... I appreciate you coming on here to talk about all of this. Um, I also have to tell you how great, um, you know, kettlebell training and, and your coaching has been for me. I'm just totally impressed with this approach to fitness training, and I feel myself like I've found the holy grail of primal workouts, uh, and it doesn't even take a lot of time or cost a ton of money. So you're on the cutting edge, my friend, and I want to thank you so much uh, for being here today. Oh, it was my pleasure. Um, and for the rest of you out there, uh, tune in to next week's show where we're going to actually be completely changing gears again and we're going to be welcoming back our good friend, Dr. Mark Steinberg. Uh, we're going to be talking about the role 
that simple brain training can play in awakening, well, effectively awakening a dormant soul, so to speak, and fostering human compassion. Uh, we're going to see how something in you know, the world is just a little bit, you know, lacking nowadays, it seems. So we're going to see how neurofeedback can impact the parts of the human brain that make us the most human. And later we'll also be talking about Mark's own journey to better health using the principles outlined in my book, Primal Body, Primal Mind. So you're not going to want to miss that. Until then, remember, if it wouldn't look like food to somebody wandering around 40,000 years ago with a loincloth and a spear, it's not food for you now either. My name is Norga Gaudas, and you've been listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. I want to thank you all for listening today, and I hope you'll be with us next week. Talk to you then. I would like to thank my sponsors, the EEG Institute, offering the most trusted and respected source of information and training for neurofeedback, truly world leaders in the field. You can reach the EEG Institute at www.eeginfo.com or at 818-456-5965. I would also like to thank the Nutritional Therapy Association, the NTA, for their generous sponsorship the NTA is the best, most trustworthy and reliable source of foundational nutritional education and nutritional therapist training here in the U.S. and possibly the known universe. I just can't say enough good things about this organization. You can find the Nutritional Therapy Association at www.nutritionaltherapy.com or you can call 1-800-918-9798. That's 1-800-918-9798. Tell Marcy Nora sent you. Thanks, too, to Biotics Northwest, the source for exceptional healthcare practitioner quality supplements for every health professional. You can reach them at www.bioticsnorthwest.com or at 1-800-636-6913. Also, be sure to visit my website at wwwprimalbody primalmind.com, where you can also get my book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, Empower Your Health, Your Total Health, The Way Evolution Intended and Didn't. Thanks again for listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio, hosted by Nora Gedgaudis. Come back for another great program next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. And have a great week.